Support for Paradox comes from the Timothy Center, your online counseling center no matter where you live. The Timothy Center is a marriage and family counseling facility in Austin, Texas, offering distance consultations for those that live outside the Austin area. If you have questions and you'd like to consult with Jimmy, Josh, or one of their licensed professionals, visit them at timothycenter.com. Recording live from Austin, Texas, a conversation about marriage and family that women will love and guys won't want to turn off. Dr. Jimmy Myers and Dr. Josh Myers are a paradox. Welcome to Paradox, everybody. I am Jimmy. And I'm Josh. And we are pumped today to have with us Brett Kunkel. Brett is speaker, author. He's the founder and president of Maven, which is a movement to equip the next generation to know truth, pursue goodness, and create beauty. He has more than 25 years' experience of working with junior high, high school, college students, and parents, which probably accounts for your premature gray. Am I right or am I right? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, unfortunately, there is a lot of gray coming in in my 40s here. (laughs) Yes. 25 years of working with junior hires, that's either gray hair or alcoholism. One of the two will result (laughs) in doing that for a long time. We're here really to talk to uh, Brett about his new book that was out in June of last year. He co-authored this with John Stone Street, and it's called A Practical Guide to Culture, Helping the Next Generation Navigate Today's World. Brett, thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, No, thanks for having me. Um, In fact, uh, I could use some help uh, in... uh, marriage and family. So hopefully I can ask you guys some questions too. <laughs> Done. Nice. How do you feel about that? <laughs> Let your feelings go. Just work through that. Listen, I, I, you know, I love your book. It hits on some themes that are very close to home. In fact, yeah, it was the summer last year that I had a book released, uh, co-authored with George Barna. And we talked about it. We didn't know it was going here, but when we talked about the the major changes that parents need to make, you know, heading into this this new millennia. And one of them was not only teaching our kids, you know, what they believe, which I think we've, you know, in the church done a pretty good job, but but what we've really failed on is why we believe it. I love that you kind of stress apologetics and the need for that. Walk us through your book, A Practical Guide to Culture. Yeah, well, we, um, we, we, we start off with an introduction that kind of, I think, lays out uh, an illustration for us to think about culture. Uh, I live in Southern California, and we have a large body of uh, water right next door to us. It's called the Pacific Ocean. Yes. And uh, when I was in junior high, I discovered that there were people who took planks of foam, took them into the ocean, and rode waves. And I discovered surfing and started surfing um, back then and all through high school, college. After college, I got married, and I thought it would be amazing if one day I could teach my kids how to surf. And um, I realized very quickly, you don't stick a two-year-old on a surfboard, push him into the ocean and say, you know, go for it. Uh, there's, there is actually a process of protecting them first. And you actually have to, in order to get my kids to surf, because right, my long-term vision was that they would paddle out and be able to, to surf all by themselves right next to me, or even when they're not with me. But in order to get to that long-term vision, it first take took protection. But of course, that can't be the long-term goal because they would never surf if all I did was protect them. I had to train and equip them. And uh, in the same way, we you know we see culture like the ocean, right? All of us are swimming in the ocean. All of us are swimming in culture. We get wet with culture, and then we we kind of splash it on each other. 
And uh, culture has this very powerful way of shaping us in the process. And so in order to equip our kids, not only do we, there needs to be protection. And in fact, I think given the where culture is at now, I think we probably need to talk a little bit more about uh, uh, very uh, aggressive protection for our kids early on. And then in that protection, we're trying to equip and train them so that ultimately they can go out and kind of paddle out into culture on their own and navigate the culture on their own. And we, you know, John and I both think that this requires really a worldview approach. Um, So in the, uh, the first part of the book, we talk about what culture is, how it shapes us, and then kind of the Christian's relationship to culture and what that all looks like. And then what it looks like to be successful in helping to navigate those waters. And we talk about the idea of worldview and uh, closely linked with that is the idea of apologetics. And so helping our, our kids to see all of reality through their Christianity and their Christian faith and how the, the Christian faith should inform every single area of life. That's really a worldview approach. Yeah. Because eventually we're going to get into the issues. Part uh, Part three specifically gets into what we kind of consider these pounding cultural waves, things like gender identity and sexual orientation and pornography and uh, affluence and consumerism and and these kinds of things. But before we get to those issues, because I think a lot of times in the church, we'll go after those issues kind of in isolation. And what we want to do in this book is not just take it issue by issue, but really first take a worldview approach and let that larger worldview then inform how we think and how we navigate exactly. these other yep. topics. Mm-hmm. So, Brett, to be clear, Jimmy also is my father. He taught me similar flotation techniques as a child, but we actually used our bellies mm-hmm. instead of surfboards. <laughs> yes. You come visit me in California, and uh, I'll take you out on a real surfboard. <laughs> I tell you, it's it's amazing that you surfed as a as a kid because you did not see say dude once or rad. <laughs> so I'm kind of impressed. You must have, have really worked on getting out of that. Anyone outside of California has these uh, stereotypes of surfers. Um, you know, we say dude, gnarly, you know, exactly. things like that. But um, there's some there's some surfers out here who are. I sound a little more intelligent than that, so I, I try to represent that uh, that spectrum. <laughs> Perfect. Same with us. They think we ride in Texas. We ride horses everywhere. So similar. <laughs> and shoot guns. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now we we do we actually do we shoot do. guns. That's uh, that's something we do. <laughs> okay, uh, let's make a deal. You come to California, and I'll teach you to surf. I come to Texas, and you take me shooting. You know, you mentioned these these undercurrents, all the different ways that kids are struggling. Why do you think so many kids are struggling specifically with identity nowadays? Uh, if you're talking about the larger culture, um, you know, I, I think the, the, the culture as it's unhitched, uh, particularly in, in the U.S., we unhitch from a Christian worldview. Uh, there's, and we're, you know, we, we, we're secularized and we move away from a kind of a religious view of the world, uh, identity becomes unhitched from God. I mean, for the, for the follower of Jesus Christ, our identity is found in our designer, the one who made us, right? And this goes right back to Genesis 1.26, we're made in God's image. And so the Christian worldview grounds identity in the one who made us. And when you get away from that, then the question becomes, okay, what do you, what do you put identity in? What, what's the source of identity? Where does it come from? Uh, because the, the, the worldview question of our origin, 
who made us or where do we come from flows into the identity question. What are we or what does it mean to be human? And so I think as our culture has drifted away from its, the, the Christian worldview, then kind of identity is up for grabs. There's nothing mm-hmm. solid to ground it in anymore. And so now you're seeing these attempts to ground it in, uh, say, race or in your sexuality or really in whatever you want. I think that's where the culture has, has gone now. It's, you know, it's that mantra, that cultural mantra, you do you and uh, I'll do me, mm-hmm. right? And it's just this radical, expressive uh, subjectivism. And so I think that's, that's why we're seeing, uh, we're seeing this. In fact, Rod Dreher, uh, we mentioned this in the book, Rod Dreher wrote an, an article, or I, it was like an online article called uh, Sex After Christianity. And he talks about this idea of after, after uh, we move away from the Christian worldview, um, what, what, what takes place is not just a, a, a shift in our sexual views or identity views, but even for, uh, fundamentally our cosmological views, like where, you know, where do we come from? What, are we made by a creator or are we accidental, na- uh, you know, accidental products of nature? Uh, how you answer those questions is going to shape how you then answer the identity question, what it means to be human. We virtually, we just slipped the surly bonds of rationality. In the years that I did youth ministry, I, you know, I was trying to teach kids, you know, apologetics and, you know, being prepared to give a defense of the hope that's within them. But kids today and culture today is so fundamentally different. It's as though seemingly a majority part of the culture wants to ignore simple rationality. Just a, such a great example is the transgender issue in psychology. Uh, one of the, the main most identifiable cognitive distortions has always been feelings are not facts. Just because you feel a certain way, you feel unloved, you feel alone, you feel worthless. Just because you feel a certain way doesn't make it true. And yet today, we have culture that is embracing this idea that, that our existence can be totally separate from any type of factual-based rationality. How do you talk to parents that are having children, you know, go into that culture every day, and, and, and how in the world do we bring our faith to that? Yeah, uh, that's, that is a challenging issue. I think you're, you're absolutely right. We live in an irrational culture, a very anti-intellectual culture. Uh, oftentimes the church is accused of being anti-intellectual, and we, we certainly, uh, I think we certainly do uh, have, you know, those, those strands in, in, in much of uh, modern, uh, you know, Christianity in America. But the culture is very anti-intellectual, and you see that with this issue of, uh, you know, gender identity and transgenderism. And I think what parents need to do is they need to begin when their kids are two and three and four years old, I think that's where it, it, it starts. Don't wait till your kid is in junior high and then, you know, the, exactly. the issue comes up with their classmates or in school or in, on social media. What we want to be doing is creating cultures in our homes where rationality is um, where it's valued, where it's modeled, where we help shape the the, the, the minds of our children at very young ages. And so this is where we, we talk about the what and the why. We talk about issues 
intellectually with our kids. We, uh, and I think if that the starting place is to build that culture very early on. And um, when you do that, then you train your kids to be rational thinkers, to be able to engage these irrational ideas of the culture, and also to be not only engage them, but then also to be protected from them. So I think the kids who have a good dose of worldview training and apologetic training and who have been grounded in, in Christian theology, what I find is that these kids are inoculated from the bad thinking of the culture, generally speaking. Mm-hmm. And so I think that our homes have to be places. So then <laughs> here is the, 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 uh, then the challenge for us as parents. It begins with us. It begins with us first. We have to be growing in our own intellectual development. We have to learn what it means to love God with not only our hearts, but also with our minds. We have to be readers. We have to be engaged. Because a lot of this is not just taught, but it's modeled. And, mm-hmm. uh, it, you know, and you can only take your kids so far, as far as you've gone. And uh, you know, so there, I, I, I think the challenge or the, I guess the exhortation I want to put out there for Christian parents is you have got to become more engaged intellectually with your faith. You have got to know the Christian worldview so that you can more effectively pass it on to your kids. Why do you think the church has stayed clear of apologetics? It's as though it's like, well, I don't need that. You know, for me to believe, I just believe, and I don't need to know all that stuff and I mean, there seems to be, you know, people's eyes just glaze over when you talk about apologetics. And yet we are now sending our children out into the world where we better know why we believe what we say we believe. Just saying, I believe it because I'm Baptist doesn't cut it anymore. Why do you think the church has been so reluctant to embrace this idea of teaching why we believe what we believe? You know, that's there's probably multiple reasons for that, I think. Uh, you can kind of look back at the just the history of Western thought and see how uh, different ideas and thinkers and philosophy has really shaped Western culture and the thinking of Western culture for the last 300 years, and how there's been this uh, this bifurcation between the mind and um, the, you know the the heart or uh, facts and feelings. Sometimes we call this the sacred secular split. And there's been this privatization, this sub, uh, this subjective view of religious, you know, views, and this really, uh, we, you can get into the the long narrative of you know how we have taken and and taken truth and put it into the, you know, the 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 hard sciences or empirical data. So you, the only things you can really know are those things which you can sense with your five senses. So then things like God's existence or moral views or you know these kind of things which are so vital in a religious worldview, get uh, kind of privatized. You can only know those, you know, through some kind of feeling, or or really, the way you know that is through a blind leap of faith. So then, the unfortunately, I think, in Western culture, and then infiltrated into the Church, we've kind of accepted this view. So we have this view that faith is just this kind of sheer act of will. I, I exercise faith, and, and there's no relationship between faith and the intellect, or reason, or logic, or these kinds of things. You just kind of, you just got to believe it. I think that's one reason. So I talked to a lot of Christians around the country, and they just, they don't have a proper view 
of faith, and and it's uh, it's an anti-intellectual view of faith that then undermines their uh, understanding of the need for apologetics, or you know these kind of things. I you know I think um, I, I think in modern Christianity there's such an emphasis on the emotional and the affective side of faith, which of course is an important aspect of our faith. Uh, the emotions and the, the affections are involved in our relationship with God and in the Christian life and in human experience. But uh, we have emphasized that to the detriment of the intellect. And so faith really, at the end of the day, for a lot of people, whether they'll just explicitly admit this or not, it's all about kind of how I feel sure. um, and, and, and not what I know. Mm-hmm. And uh, Christianity has been a, you know, for 2,000 years, it's been a knowledge tradition, not merely a faith tradition. It's been a tradition, a, a, a view that says we have knowledge of reality. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, you know, there, we once had these things together, faith and knowledge, faith and reason. But um, so I think there's probably, I think the anti-intellectual bent mm-hmm. of the culture has influenced us. I think the rise of technology even exacerbates the problem. And to that end, you know, we we have a very intelligent faith, and in your book you talk about grounding students in biblical story to then empower them to change the world. And I speak to that for a second. Yeah, I think um, when we talk about worldview, sometimes so those of us who talk about worldview need to be careful about being overly rational um, and, and making this sound like it's just simply these esoteric abstract right, ideas exactly. and, and that don't connect Philosophy. to real life. Yeah. And, uh, and so what we want to do is, uh, and I think a helpful way to do that is help people to understand that what worldview is, is really a story about the nature of reality. Uh, everybody has a, a story in their mind about the nature of reality and about the world. Uh, and, and, you know, the big worldview questions are the, the question of origin, where do we come from, the question of identity, what's it mean to be human, the questions of meaning and morality, how should we live, is there a purpose to all of this, and then the question of destiny, where is this all going? Uh, everybody has answers to those questions. That forms their, their worldview or their narrative or their story of reality. And, um, uh, and so in the same way, I think, what we want to help our kids understand is that there is a story of reality, and it's actually the true story of reality. And this story uh, is compelling, and this story is filled with uh, amazing wonder and beauty, and this story is also very rational. And I think the kind of the idea of uh, the story and narrative helps bring all of those pieces together. So we see, hey, this is this is about ideas, but it also is about real life. We live at the mercy of our ideas. So this stuff plays out in everyday life and is connected to um, very relevant, applicable things. And if you want more, I mean, such incredible stuff, specifically with parents, not only of teenagers, but of children that will one day be teenagers, you can not only check out Brett's book, A Practical Guide to Culture, but also on his website, maventruth.com. Uh, he's also on all the major socials. It's just at Brett Kunkel. Brett, really do appreciate it. We Thank appreciate you. appreciate you being with us today. Oh, my pleasure. Look forward to talking with you guys again. You know, the thing that... Hold on, hold on. This is a momentous occasion. 
I think that in the history of Paradox, this is your first guest to get. No. Name one. Um, uh, I had several. <laughs> There's, there have been several. Okay, I'll wait for it. We'll obviously move on with the episode, but... Tony Campolo. No. I connected with him, and then he wanted to interview us before getting on the show, and so I passed him to Randy you. Phillips. You did get Randy and uh, the cars. Yes, Julie Carr and Julian Mike Carr. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. So he's, you know, one of many. Yeah, Brett Kunkel, and then those you know through church. Yes. Yeah. Those are the ones that I have secured. And I should have put a stopwatch on it. You know, your intro to intro the interview e was three and a half minutes long, Mm -hmm. a sixth of the show. I got to set it up, and I have to set it up with mentioning my book. Yes. (laughs) Uh, I wanted to apologize to Brett. I was like. He, 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 sorry, he, he tries to work in his book. Well, no, because I only quote me and James Dobson. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I didn't quote me, I just referenced the book. But back to Brett. Yeah, sorry. Just this idea that we live in extraordinary times. And if as parents, we don't take this seriously to prepare our children. We can't just throw them into high school. It's like sheep to a slaughter. I loved his, you have to protect them, and yes. the protection comes through preparing. Yes. And I mean, really, the surf analogy was kind of fantastic. Yeah. Even though I would think a white shark would eat them. Too many surfers in California are eaten by sharks. They could surf at Wet n' Wild in the little surf parks where it's artificial, but they're giant fish with teeth that eat you hmm. in the Pacific Ocean. Are we still talking about Brett's book? Well, it just got me thinking. Loved his piece about preparing. That's how we ultimately protect them against culture. That's how we build up their immunity, if you will, towards culture. Not that they'll never struggle and not that they won't have any challenges or questions, but we begin when they're four, preparing them for the talks. I know that AISD, Austin Independent School District, just had Pride Week a week or two ago, Mm -hmm. where K through 12 celebrate the LBGTQ, lack of a better word, agenda? Does that sound community. bad? Community. Okay, good. Thank you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, community is better. And so you better be able to have a talk about that. Yeah, what's well, naturally built in for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we, we've got to start having the conversation yeah. at five. And so preparing them, I thought, was huge. Yeah. And ultimately, their weapon, you know, what they're going to use is being grounded in biblical story. Just the grand narrative of scripture being able to inform their worldview. That was great. Yes, and I, I'm not sure if anyone heard, but I did cue the the mariachi band a little quickly. I, we're going to try the ability to take it out. <clears throat> but Mid-interview. Mid-interview, the, the mariachi <laughs> band struck up, and then I finally got it turned off, and then forgot to put him on the wall of shame, fame. Oh, I, I thought even... you purposely didn't do it again because you were ashamed. No, I just forgot it. I've got it all queued up. Yeah. Well, when I started to, when I, w- I was queuing you with my eyes when I started to close down the interview, and I oh. thought you were going to go with it, but... Oh, completely. F- I've completely forgot it. But Brett, if you're listening, you totally need to meet us at Enchilada Zimas. At Enchilada Zimas. Now, because we didn't officially induct you onto the wall of fame, we're not paying for it. But, I mean, like you've had up an institute. I mean, the institute could pay for, for the dinner. 
So Brett was fantastic. Check him out at maventruth.com. And the book is called A Practical Guide to Culture, Helping the Next Generation Navigate Today's World. Hardcover. No one, and it's a hardcover. No one can see what we can see, so I don't think anybody else gets that. Jimbo has in bold letters on our script for today, the title, big font, bold, and worldview hardcover. It's a hardcover edition is what he's saying is all one word. Yes. And I just thought that that was a really big hardcover. I couldn't... Yeah. Okay. Anywho. And I think that's also going to be taken out of the interview. So I going to hear that. Yes. Now we're just talking about nothing. We are. If you want more information about this show, it is paradoxpodcast.com. You can find out information about this and all of our previous episodes. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And remember... Uh, it's Doc's Podcast. Boil your water. Austin, the citywide bull water notice is right now, which is kind of crazy. Stay tuned to next week. We appreciate you guys listening. We'd love it if you would review the show as well. Share it. Thanks. Bye-bye. Peace out. Paradox is produced by Billy Lee Myers Jr. For more about Billy, go to therapywithbilly.com. For more information about our Paradox evangelist, Julie Lyles Carr, go to julielylescar.com. And if you want more details about what was discussed on today's show, go to paradoxpodcast.com. Next time on Paradox. What was your favorite costume growing up? Mostly we went as hobos because that's really all the clothes we had. We were actual hobos. Am I bringing up a bad memory? Yes. I'm triggered right now, and so I need a little space. I perpetuated a microaggression (laughs) by not knowing that about you.